0: Welcome to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup
1: power. Yeah, welcome indeed to another big edition of Off The Bench. Benny Jones alongside Scotty Sadler and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Obviously a big weekend of club matches. As we take a little pause from all things Origin, the series squared away there at one apiece since we last spoke, of course, New South Wales. The big win over Queensland in Perth. We probably won't dwell on that too much with this proud Queenslander, Scotty Sattler. But, of course, there is going to be an angle to all of our discussions back towards Origin. Sats, welcome to you, mates. And, uh, yeah, a bit bit of club footy to sink our teeth into. Looking forward to it. Yeah Benny, finally to get back into uh, to club footy, I, I
2: really love the rep round I loved how we took a, a weekend off from all of Rugby League, all of the NRL and, and try and celebrate something that we need to keep growing and that is International Rugby League so yeah, tremendous weekend from the Women's State of Origin on the Friday all the way through to State of Origin, albeit a horrible, horrible outcome for any Queensland fan, but in saying that it just sets up a a great decider and that's what we want in Origin we want it to be as exciting as possible and that's the way that it's panned out.
1: That's what they wanted at NRL headquarters too, a few extra dollars in the coffers because they're expecting a crowd upwards of 75,000, 80,000 now it'll be a packed house and Queensland with it all to do but we'll touch on that a little bit later, there's a lot of news happening through the week as we've uh, mentioned uh, with that June 30 deadline just around the corner, a lot of player movement so let's uh, see what has been happening over the last four or five days as we look at the news of the week.
0: On Off the Bench, the NRL News of the Week.
1: And let's start there, uh, Sats. Thanks to Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. Uh, Wonga Blake, probably the latest big-name player to uh, shift camp, uh, departing the Panthers and off to the Eels. We know Tyrone Peachy. There's been a lot spoken about him and his future at the Titans, and of course, well, as early as this weekend, Scotty Drinkwater, formerly of the Storm, will uh, make his debut for the Cowboys. So it's a, it's a busy time of the year for list and squad managers and managers alike. Yeah, he'll be thirsty for some action this week, Drinkwater, oh. will did, did you see what I did there? Did you see what I did? Very but, uh, good by you, Sats. Very
2: good. <laughs> no, but we always argue in rugby league and uh, that... Is there's no transfer window. And we should need to have a transfer window on Rugby League, an official transfer window where all clubs can start to negotiate for players. And many have said, is it mainly around that rep weekend round that we've just had where there's no NRL, but still plenty of players in action. But we actually do have a transfer window. It's called the month of June, mm. uh, where we see so much interaction and, and movement of players amongst clubs. And it's been no different this year as well. I'm, I remember, Benny, during the week, you said to me, is it more than most this year than any other year? Yeah. And we seem to think, yeah, it actually is, but it's the same every year. Um, but it's it's high-quality players. Like Wunga Blake, who's injured now until around 20, um, moving to Parramatta Eels before June 30. He's a quality player, Wunga Blake. Tyrone Peach, who's never really settled at the Gold Coast and never really wanted to leave Penrith, but due to salary cap uh, restrictions, they had to allow him to go and earn his worth after playing Origin last year. So, with Wonga Blake going to Parramatta, it now frees up a player like Tyrone Peachy to return mm. to Penrith where he wants to. And I can see what Ivan Cleary is probably doing here. I think Ivan Cleary is starting to just slowly drip feed the players out of the club that he doesn't see as part of his squad moving forward. Wonga Blake sees himself as a centre. Ivan Cleary, I believe, sees him as a winger. Um, and Parramatta, well, they'll take any quality player at the moment. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting movements. so uh, Scott Drinkwater, I think, out of all the players that are that are changing clubs, I think Drink Drinkwater potentially is the best player out yeah. of all of them because we saw him start this year. I've seen a lot of him in the Interest Super Cup in Queensland for a couple of years. So much promise. He's he's quick. He's very good with the ball in his hand, and um, much like a Billy Slater style of player where he's got good speed, but he also can fire a pass as well and become like a second 5'8". So.
1: Um, I think out of all the uh, the transfers in the month of June, Drinkwater's probably the pick of them. Yeah, Cowboys have got themselves a good one there. Now, uh, we're going to get to uh, an incident that unfolded, of course, on Thursday night that is going to be hotly debated, highly talked about, an unsavoury moment involving George Burgess. I'll get to that. I'm just going to park that, Sats, because I've got some pretty strong views on it. But on the same, I guess, subject... Uh, We heard uh, through the week that there had been a directive from, uh, well, the Rules Commission Committee, call it what you will, that referees moving forward when it comes to things like uh, late hits, the crusher tackles. Uh, will have more freedom if that's the right term to use to to send players from the field as opposed to being concerned that if they take that action it's, it's too big of a punishment on the night or on the day so to speak. What, what have you made of that and in regards specifically to the, the crusher tackle which we're glad to report for the most part has been eradicated from the game.
2: Uh, yeah, the crusher tackle one is one that as you know Benny we talk um, at quite at length during the week myself and Gary Belcher we completely disagree on this front but uh, the crusher tackle, I hope they don't try and make a statement with the player and send them off, mm. um, because I think the crusher tackle is something in the game that's not intentional. Uh, you don't, no player intentionally tries to put a player in a in a dangerous position uh, by pressing on the back of the neck. Uh, as a defender, you're always just worried about what your position is within the tackle and trying to dominate that tackle as much as possible. And when there are other other players involved in the tackle, um, that can also play a huge part in where the attacking player. The player being tackled is the position they end up in. So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the crush attack. I believe in in probably 80 to 90% of the cases. Now, um, I do like the idea of of giving the freedom to send players off mm-hmm. if they deem that uh, a ball player, any player it doesn't have to be a halfback or 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 a um, someone with a seven or a six or a one in their back, but any player that is delivering a ball and then is hit late and blind from behind. We saw two two weeks ago, Siaso Su. Uh, on Cooper Cronk mm. and then Adam Blair on Tyrone Roberts, uh, right on the 80th minute of the Titans game. Yeah, both those those shots probably probably didn't deserve a send off, but probably uh, at best was definitely a 10 minutes in the sin bin, um, and then definitely referred to the judiciary for uh, suspension, which which both players accepted guilty pleas. Oh, sorry, no, both players were let off, I should say, which is which is surprising because both. Cooper Cronk and Tyron Roberts were really put in a vulnerable position. It's yep. when you relax your body, Benny, you pass the ball, you relax your body, and a forward hits you from the inside. And the game has changed so much now where, yeah, as forwards you were taught to hit, you know, coaches used to tell you to hit on suspicion. Well, you can't do that anymore in the modern game. And something we're going to talk about a little bit later on with the, with the head knocks and the effect that it's yep. having on players, I mean, we're going down the right path of trying to minimise as much collateral damage for players post-retirement, and um, this is another way of of, um, taking those those impacts in the game that can be be alleviated, and we're doing that with the HIA. I think we're moving in the right direction. You're never going to get rid of impact in rugby league, and there are always going to be some effects. But what we've got to know is that those effects of of the NRL or any contact sport, we've just got to know that they're going to be minimised from the moment the HIA was officially uh, introduced into the nrl we knew, we knew that the player welfare was taken a little bit more seriously and putting the right channels in place about managing managing it now moving forward and knowing that there yeah there are still always yeah. going to be some cases of cte down the it's it comes with the it comes with the territory of playing contact sport but hopefully those cases will
1: be minimized
2: but i just hope we don't go down the new the usa route where
1: everything becomes a civil action. Mm, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. I mean, once you cross that white line, you're aware of the, the risks associated, but you are right. There are certainly uh, some protocols and, and certainly some guidelines in place now that are going to improve this moving forward. Uh, we don't want to see big late hits in the game. We certainly don't want to see moments like Thursday night in the clash between the Tigers and the Bunnies where placed on report, George Burgess. Now, again, alleged uh, dangerous or misconduct uh, around the facial area. And he's got some form in this in this category. Uh, he uh, went for eye-gouging while playing for England in an international last year, about eight months ago, in fact. So you were there calling the game for NRL Nation sats, and I'm sure you've seen a myriad of replays. Uh, before mm-hmm. I get on my soapbox and tell you what I think should happen if found guilty, it's it's just not a good headline, is it? No, it's not. Um,
2: to be quite honest, Benny, during the during the call for NRL Nation on Thursday night at Bankwest Stadium, I tried to come up with excuses why George Burgess um, did what he did. Uh, and I, I saw it at the first replay, and then I saw the second replay, and I still try to come up with excuses and mm. say, well, you know what, he's not looking down at the player. He's really just putting his arm around the player and trying to grab hold of the player somewhere where he can try and control the tackle. Then I saw it a third and fourth time, and I I realised that, the reasons I was coming up with were, were pretty shallow. Yep. Um. The NRL have got a really good opportunity here to to make a huge statement because yep. we we saw that uh, young Hudson Hudson Young from um from Canberra Raiders was given was it four five weeks S- seven
1: seven down to five with the yeah, uh, down the guilty to five plea. weeks
2: yeah yep um I don't think that's enough if if you can deem it an eye gouge now we heard Graham Annersley in his address to um NRL uh, media and. And club representatives two weeks ago When there were a, a few of these situations Most notably Josh Maguire arose yeah, yeah. He he broke it into two parts He said the way that we break it down Is we say is it just Hands on the face And not really attacking the eyes And then there is attacking the eyes which is an eye gouge Now I think Josh Maguire I think we all agree that the ones that Josh Maguire Were doing were just, were just grubby hands in the face Really no intent to go in And, and damage the eyes as well I think George Burgess has got some huge concerns here and as much as I hate it because I love South Sydney and I love everything Mm. about the Burgess brothers and what they bring to the NRL and what they have brought to the NRL he needs to receive a a suspension that's double figures and they need to send a real message because it's it's happening too too often now and we haven't seen an eye gouge what would be deemed an eye gouge for many many years and now all of a sudden in one season we've had three or four cases that could be
1: argued. I, I don't think we could ever stand here and accuse a player of wanting to intentionally damage someone Uh, In that part of the body, the eyes uh, And and affect their vision But it goes without saying If you're going to grapple If you're going to press and push at that area of the body We're talking about the real possibility here, Sats Of a player becoming permanently disabled I.e. losing their vision uh, By what is, as you described, a pretty grubby act So I'm with you on that I think that if found guilty And and we don't want to jump to conclusions Because uh, justice has to take its course here but if he is found guilty and being his second offence within the space of 12 months, I rub him out for the rest of the year. Whatever that equates to weeks-wise, that includes finals. So you just say, I'm sorry, George, your season's done and you need to get this out of your game, whether it's a reflex action, whether it's something you, 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 you're just not even really aware that you're doing. Uh, if we get a player, a high-profile player, any player for that matter at NRL level that uh, walks away with losing vision in an eye, or oh, gee, I couldn't even imagine both, uh, then we're just going to have a whole heap of other issues on our hands. So uh, whether it's harsh, whether it's over the top, I think he's got to go for the rest of the year. If found guilty, oh, I,
2: yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Benny.
1: Um, even
2: Wayne Bennett come out in the post-match conference when asked, and he said he didn't need to put himself in that position. No. That's that's your own coach saying, "Hey, listen, I want to try and defend you. And I'm going to try and yeah, I'm going to try and soften the blow as much as possible." But you know what? You've got yourself in a bad position. Yeah. The biggest indication about whether a player has been eye-gouged and legitimately eye-gouged is uh, the receiver. Yeah. The player who actually the reaction, um, yeah. believes and the way that he reacts is the way that um, should take weight in any sort of consideration. The way that Robbie Farah jumped up off the ground accused and also complained to the referee says that uh, he feels that he was wronged and he's put in a dangerous yeah. position. And yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think he needs to be rubbed out for the rest of the season.
1: All right, more Off the Bench still to come right after this. We're going to get stuck into our Thursday night review, of course. Headlines for all the wrong reasons out of it, but there was a game of footy played, and it went right down to the wire as well. For Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia, back shortly. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators
0: for serious backup power. This is Off The Bench for Kubota. Diesel
1: generators for serious backup power. Yeah, serious indeed. Powering Australia, Kubota and their diesel generators. Uh, big shout out to all of our Kubota dealers who support us week in, week out here on Off The Bench. Benny Jones alongside Scotty Sattler. Uh, we've got lots to get through. A Makita Power Player, that's not too far away. We'll uh, get Sats tips for the remainder of Round 15 and also find out what he's looking forward to this weekend. Plenty of sport right across the globe. But uh, now, let's do this. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. Yeah, Thursday night it was off to the beautiful Bank West Stadium where the West Tigers were hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It wasn't a game that will probably go down in the archives as a classic, but the uh, just under 10,000 fans there at Bank West got a nail biting finish. Thanks to the call team at NRL Nation, of which our man Scotty Sattler was a part of. Let's have a listen to
3: some of the highlights. Our last start when they were knocked off by a field goal in the end. Now, no look, pass from Sutton. Braden Burns keeps it alive, and here is our first try of the night. South Sydney finally hit the scoreboard in terms of a four pointer, and it's Corey Allen, the fullback, backing up on the inside. Brayden Burns is moving so beautifully here this evening. He gets a try assist. It's 6-2 with a straightforward kick to come. 11 minutes to go in the first half for Holden Trailblazer. It's toe time. That was a thing of beauty. Well, it's a trademark play by Cody Walker. He usually uses John Sutton down the short side. They both hit into
2: one nice little hole. They both isolate one defender. The man you just mentioned, Corey Allen, who comes in for Alex
3: Johnson, just chimes up the middle of the field like any good support player should and scores a rabbit first try. he will surely get it, he does. Right in front of the post, the kick behind is decent. Oh, chasing through, and there is the answering try. Corey Thompson again. The little fullback in amongst a couple of South Sydney players was quickest to it. He's saluting as though he scored a try, and you know what? I'll back him in, I'll trust him. Should be 8-6 with a kick to come, they'll go upstairs. Well, if the reaction of the fans is any indication, they were sitting behind the goalposts, the northern end
2: they jumped up straight away Corey Thompson gets downward pressure but I mean, no problem whatsoever here's Corey Thompson that man that you spoke about is just plays well above his weight.
3: pretty big blow to strike on your opposition perfect kick by Brooks was not it it was really the only way they're going to score because they've been controlling the ball well the west side and bent over awkwardly in that tackle is Kyle Turner who plays it eventually for Reynolds centre field to Totola Right in front of the right upright. They may as well have the shot whenever it becomes available. And right now it is. Reynolds is right behind Damian Cook. They're going to fire it back to the halfback. Adam Reynolds, the one-point specialist, (laughs) makes no mistake. It's 9-8 South Sydney over the West Tigers with seven minutes to go. We all saw it coming, but they couldn't put any pressure pressure on Adam Reynolds, the field goal specialist, who was right in front. Yeah, it's pretty easy in the end for Reynolds, wasn't it? Perfectly positioned. Farrah, looking around for any holes in the line. Goes to McKaylee, keeps it alive here. Touch pass by Brooks, gets on the outside. Cheekam throws the W straight through, looking for support. He steps around the full pack. Michael Cheekam with a try, turning back the clock to Suncorp Stadium about two months ago now. It's a solo try from Michael Cheekham from halfway, if you don't mind. And the West Tigers lead at 12-9 with a kick to come and four and a half to go. He is the solo try king. He gets it on the outside to Campbell Graham. Well, Luke Brooks has got his heart in his mouth right now because he's given South Sydney the slightest glimmer of a hope here. As they scoop it up to Burns, crossfield kick chases on. It falls in the lap of a mightily relieved Luke Brooks who's going to run it across the touchline and secure victory for the West Tigers who win it 14 points to 9 courtesy of one of the great solo try match winners from Michael Cheekam in the 76th minute.
1: So there you go, Sats. Uh, You were on hand to witness it. Uh, Tricky conditions at times underfoot for both sides, but a 14-9 win for the Tigers. We spoke leading into this game about how important it was. They were just outside the eight. Uh, Mate, uh, what did you make of it all? Go for it, mate.
2: Yeah, I I thought it was a a scratchy game, to be quite honest, Benny. Uh, Most Thursday night games are, unfortunately, for some reason. But Mm. Bankwest Stadium... I think it's the best rugby league stadium in the world to watch rugby league. Um, it was very dewy, very slippery underfoot because of the cold conditions. Um, but you know, it was two all for a, a long period of time. And then the South Sydney uh, went out to an 8-2 lead and, and then West Tigers were able to, to claw back again. Uh, pardon the pun. But in saying that, um, yeah, it didn't reach any great heights. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are a completely different side. They are just the final side without Sam Burgess in their team. Yeah, uh, Just that... And uh, Tom Burgess didn't play as well, so uh, especially without Sam, they just lacked that um, that killer instinct, that uh, that person that has the ability just to change the entire. Um, momentum of the game just through his, his raw aggression. So yeah, in the end 14-9 victory uh, over South Sydney the West Tigers. It was Michael Cheekham who's the <laughs> yeah. super sub of the NRL. He's done that twice now. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, the tries that he scores you, you would hope you'd get one of those in your career. He's done two in one year. The first one was against the Broncos and this one obviously um, in the same amount of time, three minutes to go against South Sydney broke through for about 40 metres out. Yeah, showed amazing speed for a big man and a, and a, uh, a big left foot step to leave Corey Arrow on the South Sydney fullback just gasping at thin air to score next to the uprights and then they kicked the goal to win 14 points to nine when South Sydney threw an Adam Reynolds field goal at 9-8 mm. you thought you know they're going to be able to tie this game down because it'd been hard to score tries all night um, but the, the Tigers now well from a uh, from a ladder point of view you know, that pushes them now um, they'll overtake Parramatta, I think, in the top eight mm. uh, for the meantime before Parramatta plays this weekend. If they if they win, obviously, they'll move back in. But again, it's just everyone in that bottom half of the – around that sort of 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th position, 12th. They're all beating each other. So, um, yeah, the West Tigers at the moment sitting in 8th uh, position.
1: Yeah, Mrs. Max, by the way, is who our Thursday night review is all thanks to. Blues or Maroons? It's Mrs. Max who wins. Now, uh, as far as uh, the contest goes, as we mentioned, sat's uh, not one that people will be clamouring for to get on DVD or whatever kids are using these days. But you know it's a bit of a struggle when up until 10 minutes to go in the match, the highlight of the night involves crowd invaders. What on earth was going on there? Oh, it was one of the funniest things I've seen for a long time in rugby league. <laughs> uh, South Sydney on the attack, Benny. They were
2: on the front foot. And I thought they were about to put a a bit of a killer blow into the West Tigers after they withstood so much uh, attack from the Tigers. They were able to go up the other end. And as they're on the front foot, all of a sudden, two pitch invaders, one took off early, South Sydney, Jersey. And I reckon they're West Tigers fans because they saw that they were on the front foot. They saw that there was possibly going to be a try scored. And they got out and time was called off until they attended the security mm. were able to attend to the yep. pitch invaders. So uh, South Sydney, Jersey, he ran out first. He got taken out pretty pretty quickly when he got halfway across <laughs> Bankwest Stadium. Security jumped on him. And then a second culprit, he jumped the fence. So the first one was really just the, he was the smoke bomb. The second one took off, and that's where it really began because security came from everywhere. He busted the tackle of two security guards who ended up colliding like a scene from The Goodies. And then another security guard slipped over in front of him and took him out. It was quite comical. But the best part about it is the NRL Nation team through Breton Speed, he called every movement of it as well. It was, uh, yep. it was very entertaining. I've never understood why people, why people have the courage to do it. I mean, one, you're going to be suspended from the stadium for anywhere Long up time. to 12 months, and yep. then you'll get a... I don't know, five, six, seven thousand dollar fine. I just yeah. don't understand. it. It's
1: called liquid courage, sats. I think that's where is? they get yeah. it from. Yeah, it's a very expensive night at the office. That's what I would have thought it is. Now the time. Do you
2: reckon is- his mates? Is- do you all their mates are sitting back going, you won't do it? Yeah, I yeah.
1: bet. And I bet yeah, you, you a bit of the conversation went along the lines of, well, if I do, you're all pitching in to pay the fine. And when he goes exactly. to collect, they're going to say, mate, you're an imbecile. So the Tigers have the uh, the Roosters next Friday night. The Bunnies get a week off, of course, next weekend. Uh, yep. Only a few matches with Origin the following Wednesday. Uh, you did mention Adam Reynolds. Uh, looked as though at one stage that uh, the field goal might have been enough to see the Bunnies across the line. Did he uh, do enough last night to um, to maybe just uh, interest Freddie Fittler for Game 3? Uh, you know, he was very good,
2: actually. His kicking game was great. and He hasn't got a great running game, Adam Reynolds, but in saying that, he's just got really good control. And and I, I just thought, and his defence was fantastic. I, I thought if they won the game, yes, he would have. Since they didn't win the game, unfortunately, the perception is the halfback didn't get them across the line. Yeah. So I'd say no. Now, the big question is, James Maloney, will he stay in the number six jersey and someone else plays number seven, or will they just put Wade Graham at number six? Um Oh, I'm starting to think now, Benny, that the way that the game finished in that second half with Wade Graham at 5'8", that's when they did most of their damage, New South Wales. So I can't see anything changing for New South Wales. But, you know, Adam Reynolds, he, he, he played really well. I was really happy with his game last night. Now, mm. and now the argument now turns to... Mitchell Pearce over the weekend Yep, and what sort of game he plays as well.
1: All right, feeding hungry Australians for over 65 years. If it's not a Mrs. Max, take it back. Uh, That is our Thursday night review uh, with, uh, in the end, the Tigers getting up 14 points to nine over the Bunnies. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, Sats will nominate a Makita Power player. We'll get his tips for round 15 as well. Plenty more to come, and it's all thanks to Kubota, diesel generators for serious backup power. This is Off The Bench
0: for Kubota Diesel Generators. Powering Australia. Time to nominate our Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. The landscaper's choice.
1: Yeah, that it is indeed. Uh, For all of you DIYers out there, uh, if you're looking for the tools to get the job done, Makita's cordless power garden tools power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means business. Sats, the floor is yours. Who are you nominating this week as our Makita power player? I'm really getting into the World Cup, Benny. I'm loving it. Uh, I I love... Really?
3: I I do, I I didn't think you were
2: a cricket in June, July sort of a guy. I'm not. I'm usually not. And you know better than yes. anyone that I say, listen, winter is for rugby league and AFL, and that is it. Yeah. But I'm really getting into it. I love that Australia are travelling really nicely. I love that New Zealand look like being a major threat, yep. even though beaten the other day uh, by Pakistan. Uh, I love that England may miss out on the, on the finals, even though they're hosting the event. Yeah. Um, but my Makita power player, Mitch Stark, yeah. I mean, we know that um, young Berendorf took five for his first five for an international cricket yeah. to do it at Lords, Amazing. amazing. Yep. But it, it was all about Mitch Stark and his four for. Now, I know he got four for and less than Berendorf, but it's the way that he did it. Yep. It was just uh, missile-like um, left armers and, and right up in the, in the block hole, just impossible to play at the speed that he's bowling at as well. Yep. It's, many thought that he may not be able to come back. I mean, he's had had some injuries across the time and they thought the World Cup was really just going to be something that he would slowly warm into, but he is just... Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Australia go through and win the tournament. You know, it'll be out of both he and Aaron Fincher, who will take out the player of the World Cup.
1: Well, he was he was that in 2015, the man of that series. And you're right, there have been question marks as to whether that might have been the peak and whether he'd ever be the same bowler again. But uh, i tell you what it also excites me for, not only for this World Cup, but if uh, Mitch Starr can keep this up, for the ashes that follow straight after. Mm. You've got James Pattinson, who's bowling absolute heat at the moment over in county cricket. Of course, you've got Hazelwood, you've got Cummins, Oh, it's a a really tantalising prospect. But no, he's a great nomination. He's going beautifully. And let's hope there's plenty more wickets in the shed for Mitchell Stark. Makita's cordless power garden range, the world's largest range, over 200 tools on the one battery. Earlier in the week, uh, we caught up with a special guest. He's the uh, co-captain. At the Canberra Raiders, he's one of Badger's favourites too, he's a beauty. Jared Croker, we spoke to him about the Raiders' strong start to the season, origin and plenty more. Take a listen.
2: Now this is more enterprising, here's some numbers. Bateman goes right over the top to
0: Croker. Dummies, goes for the line and scores!
1: Lots of numbers down a
2: short side, and this will be six more. Came off, come went straight back into the hands of Elliot Whitehead. Now that's going to be... Oh, I thought it was going to be a penalty, it's going to be a try!
0: The ball came loose with the two-on-one strip, six more said the referee, four more for Jared Croker. Oh, Raiders back in the game. Yeah,
4: good of you to join us, uh, Jared, and I guess uh, at the moment um, you would be feeling pretty nice with the, the Raiders as we enter the back half of the season, sitting in the top four.
5: Yeah, look, it's um, it's a good position badge at the moment. It's, uh, you know, it's nice to obviously be winning games, and um, you know, you always want to... You always want to be the best, and you uh, know I mean, I'm sure every side sits around at the start of the season and says they want to be a top four side, and, and we're obviously no different. So it's, uh, it's not nice to be up there about to, um, about the halfway point in the season, but there's still a lot of hard work to do and a, and a lot of footy left, mate. But um, yeah, look, it's been a, a nice start for us.
4: Yeah, there have been some highs and lows throughout the season. One of the the issues has been injuries to key players, uh, but. I... When I got the team sheet out yesterday and saw Josh Hodgson's name on it, I thought that's a that's a great inclusion. How did you feel, mate? As the uh, as the co-captain?
5: Yeah, I'm pretty excited to have Hodgy back. Um, I'm sure everybody's excited and be welcoming for their you know their star and number nine back. So it's um, yeah, love, obviously excited to have Hodgie back. We sort of um, we sort of pinpointed it. Um, you know, this would be hopefully the game It's always going well, and every, everything's obviously going well. So. Um, yeah, look, it's exciting to have Hodge back. Mate, he's um, aside from being a world-class player, he's a leader of the club, and he's in such an important uh, position on the field in dummy half. There, he really controls that middle third of the field, and uh, it's great to have him back in there.
2: Hey, Jared, what stood out for me a few weeks ago now when you beat the West Tigers twenty-eight nil at Bankwest? What stood out for me was not what happened in the game; it was after the game in the dressing sheds. I was watching the post-match. Um, interviews and what it, what it really stood out was the team harmony and the team interaction with uh, each other and sponsors and coaches and everyone that's around that environment and listening to Ricky after the uh, after the game also. Is that something that's always been paramount at the club the team harmony or is it different this year for some reason?
5: Um, it's, it's hard to, I mean I, don't, I think it's definitely always been there I mean um, the first thing Sticky done when he came back to the Raiders in, in 2014, he wanted to you know, make the old players and the fans and the members proud to be Raiders. You know, you're part of the Raiders family and he's he's just grown that um year by year and um yeah look we you know, we we're very grateful. We've got some great supporters, great members and um obviously our family and friends and um it was very nice at Bank West there. It's it's such a big you know, the the sheds there are huge. We could we could have fit um you know everyone's families in there alone. So we I think we had a sponsors event there as well which was good and uh, look those guys follow us everywhere. They um, absolutely, but lead green, and you know the least we can do is stand around and have a beer with them, and the boys enjoy doing it. And uh, like I said, getting their family and friends in there, you know, it's um, you know it's the best part of the game. You you know you have a good win, and um, you want to get your family, your friends, you know, your sponsors. Uh, and members and stuff like that in and, and really celebrate the victory because, um, like I said, that's what it's all about.
2: Now, you mentioned Ricky, and as coaches, it doesn't matter how experienced you are, you always develop. And I, I listened to an interview with him where he actually said about himself that he's he's laid off a lot of his, I suppose, past coaching uh, strategies. and He's, a he's lot, not as angry he's a lot as easy He's a lot easier towards uh, his players, a lot, a lot more interaction. Has that been noticed by the players?
5: Um, yeah, look, uh, he sort of broke up there a little bit, but I presume he's talking about Sticky. Um, Sticky not being as angry. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's, I was a bit worried. I, I remember when he first came to the club, I was thinking, God, what, are, what have we got here? Like, what's going to happen here? Um, but look, he's sticks being great, and, um, you know, he's such a good people's person. He becomes really good mates with all these players, and, um, you know, you got to have that healthy. Healthy, um, environment and healthy bond between player and, and coach and, and staff and everyone included. Like I said before, it's, it's a big family, um, family environment down here and, um, you know, that goes from, you know, the, the people working up in the front office all the way down to our junior footballers. It's, um, you know, it's something that Sticky's really, you know, really, um, pro, pro um, really proud of and something that he really wants to, you know, strive to keep making better. So it's, um, whether that's toned down his crankiness I'm not too sure. It's, uh, <laughs> You know, he, you know he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, as we all see. But, uh, you know, I guess I guess performance performance um, depends on a lot of that. And we've had, over the past couple of years, we've had a, a couple of really disappointing losses throughout the uh, periods of the season, where the games where we had ourselves in a position to win and, and didn't win them. And um, so far this year, we've managed to turn those, those tight little ones around and um, win in different ways. And I guess uh, that's obviously taken a bit of pressure off him as well.
4: Yeah, it's always better when you're winning. I can tell you that for sure. We all know that from experience. So we're talking with... Jared Croker, Raiders star. Uh, just a few days before you head, or well, tomorrow you're heading up to Darwin for the uh, big clash with the Eels. Uh, Jared, looking at a bunch of new players that have come into the side, and they've had they always had, they've added a bit of experience and enthusiasm and youth. And but off the field, what of some of those guys, especially the uh, the two Poms, John Bateman, Ryan Sutton? Do they bring something off the field as well that uh, adds to the club? Yeah, look,
5: they're um, yeah, they're probably the first ones to. Um, to admit how lucky you know how lucky they've been to come into such a great club and um you know to have guys like Elliot and, and uh Hodjo already here it probably made it so much easier for, for Batty and um and Sato just to come and, and slip straight into our mould. But um yeah look they they're great guys off the field. They're they're a pair of Laricans the um you know the POMs are all all um you know all really good guys and it fit fit well really well into um uh, not only like you said on the field but off the field amongst the community. Um you know they love Canberra. Um, I know all the Canberra fans love them. There's a couple of cult heroes in the in the pommies there. So oh, yeah. um, look, they're always um, and they always they've got that real you know winning uh, winning sort of greedy attitude. They they want to win at all costs, and um, they have definitely brought that into our culture. At um, like you said, not only on the field but off the field, and you know that that competitive edge of training and. Um, all those sorts of things, um, you know, it's instilled in those couple of pommy fellas and um, they've been great for the club. Did
4: you realise how good John Bateman was before he started playing for you, for a small forward? When I had no idea that he was going to deliver as much yeah, as he nah, had.
5: Yeah, I, I didn't, mate. Yeah, no, you're right, I, I didn't. I, I don't see a lot of the Super League games. Um, I knew he had massive reps on him and um, obviously he's represented his country and um, won premierships back over there and, um, you know, obviously we, we knew he was quite a quite a good player but um, I think he surprised everyone of you know, how good he's really gone. And uh, he's a fantastic player. He's been one of our best all year. But, um, you know, the pleasing thing for us is we've got blokes that, um, you know, he's he's come in and lifted the the intensity and the, um, I guess, like I said, that win-all attitude. He's really brought that into the team. And, um, you know, it's it's lifted a lot of us, myself included. It's, a, you know, his, his attitude towards the fans um, and, he, and his work ethic, it's, um, it's really flowed throughout the team. And, um, you know, we're going to need more of that coming back end of the year.
2: Do they drink warm beer? The
4: Poms?
5: <laughs> You're not going to believe it. Batty doesn't even drink beer. That's probably the only thing I can say about Johnny Bayman. He doesn't drink beer. He, um, we get it. We get in the sheds and um, you know, count our little our gear stewardess. He, he has the cold beers in the fridge for all the boys, and then he's got a, a ten pack of cider, six pack of cider for Johnny Bayman. Oh, cider! Stop him, it. So you wouldn't believe it. But he's a
4: Pom. Yeah. I knew he'd have he'd have a drink of oh. some sort.
5: Cider. Yeah, how you know, he loves to drink. He just doesn't really drink beer. To be fair, so oh. um, yeah, I couldn't believe it either. But um, yeah, no, I think they drink most things they get their hands on. Really, the palms don't. <laughs> he's so. just gone
2: down a notch for me. Now, listen, going to Darwin this week. You've had two weeks to prepare for it. Have you prepared any differently, knowing that it's going to be completely different conditions? No,
5: nah, not not a lot, mate. I mean, you do the um, you know the obvious things to acclimatise. You you know you're training the skins and the beanies and the the big jackets and all that, but um it's pretty cold down here anyway so most of the boys have got them on to start with so <laughs> yeah um aside from aside from that mate you can only prepare um the same way you do every other week and obviously once we get to darwin you'll uh there'll be a few little methods there obviously training we get a training session up there um uh, you know our, our high performance staff will let us know you know how long to be in the sun for and uh you know your hydration your diet and all that sort of stuff and uh, limited amounts of caffeine and all the all the technical side of things mate but um but we've played in Townsville plenty of time, so it's it's not a heap different, to be fair. Um, I know the boys are looking forward to getting away. We we tend to travel pretty well together, so um, hopefully this weekend's the same.
1: Backpacker heaven, mate. You'll have a ball up there. Good on you, Jared Croker. No, thanks, thanks for joining right. us.
4: Thanks, mate.
5: Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks, guys.
1: So Jared Croker there joining us on Off the Bench uh, from earlier on in the week with myself, Scotty Sattler and Gary Belcher. We're going to take a very quick break. When we return from it, Uh, We're going to get stuck into Sats tips for the remainder of round 15 and uh, also find out what he's looking forward to in the world of sport. We're doing it for Kubota.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Let's see who the lads like this weekend. It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips.
1: Yeah, still a stack of mouth-watering clashes to look forward to as Week 15, Round 15 continues in the National Rugby League and three big games Saturday. We'll start with here, sats for Kubota diesel generators providing reliable, constant backup power you need it when you need it most. Uh, the Titans and the Seagulls, I think the Titans, they knocked off Manly earlier on in the season. They would dearly love a repeat dose. How do you think this one will play out?
2: Oh, I think the Seagulls, Benny. Um, young Cade Custer's going well. Now they... Daly Cherevin's got another couple of games under his belt. Uh, the Trebojevic brothers are just playing beautifully at the moment. Uh, they've got a really powerful forward pack. I think mainly in the back half of the season, barring injury, of course, I think they make a real run to cement a place in that bottom part of the top eight. Uh, I... I like what they've done. I just like everything Desi's done for them. So I'm going to say uh, the Seagulls.
1: Okay. Uh, This one looks tantalising as well. The Knights Mm. uh, and the Broncos, both coming off uh, last round losses. But prior to that, the Knights had been in superlative form. And there's talk at Brisbane of uh, rebuild, which is just a dirty word, I would have thought, (laughs) when you're talking the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I mean, people like to use rebuild, but... You know, you just you go through these periods as a club, and I think the Broncos have lost their aura. They have for a number of years. Mm. And um, once upon a time, when you spoke about the Broncos, you, you spoke about them in the same verses as the way we speak about the Roosters and and Melbourne now. So every club goes through it. Um, just some clubs don't stay in that in that space for too long and the Broncos won't but I, I think the Knights I, I really like what the Knights are doing Benny I, I think the Knights yep. will beat the Broncos I just think they've got too many
1: match winners I love when we take games right around the country and we're doing that yeah. this weekend with Darwin the venue for the Eels and the Raiders uh, it looks to be a pretty good contest it'll be a good contest young Dylan Brown is back for uh, the Parramatta Eels He's, he
2: comes back at a at the perfect time yeah. to try to get them back in the top 8 um, and the Raiders as well I I mean they're they're just a really happy group. They're a real harmonious group. you listen to Jared Croker and you just, everything's just humming along nicely for the Raiders. I think they'll beat the
1: Eels. I think they'll possibly beat them comfortably as well. Okay, there you go. Uh, Sunday, just in a word here, Sats, Warriors, Panthers? Warriors. All right, and the Bulldogs and the Sharks to wind us up. Sharkies. All right, what are you looking forward to this weekend, mate, uh, in the world of sport? Well, uh, this weekend I'm looking
2: forward to Alex Leopard. It's flowing under the radar a little bit this week, but he gets a a, a fight He, he got. Brought in at the last moment, a heavyweight title fight against uh, Joseph Parker, the very impressive Kiwi, and it's in uh, Rhode Island in America, so looking forward to that, but also... I might be going to the Swannies and Suns game at the SCG. You're calling this game, Benny. I might see you there. Aren't you? Yes, I'm really looking forward to um, if I do get to go along to that game. I love
1: going to the AFL and seeing it live. I think it's a tremendous product live. So, yeah, looking forward to that. So, knowing the way you roll sats at uh, any sporting event, so you're not sure, is that dependent on whether someone in a corporate box pulls out? Because you wouldn't go and sit with the public, of course.
2: Why would you paint me in that picture? You know that I'll be beanie scarf amongst the true hardened fans
1: I'll behind the goalpost. It. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll carrying it. on like a raving lunatic. Oh well, actually, be careful doing that in an AFL match. You might get frog marched out of the ground. Yeah, these days. exactly. What are you doing? What are you looking forward to? Ben? Yeah, well, uh, in a similar vein, Sunday at the Gabba, Brisbane play Melbourne. It's a big game for the young Lions, and. Whether they're fed income about playing finals, these are games they should be winning. Yeah, I I think you're right. And also, of course, the continuation of the World Cup. There are so many permutations going on. Australia have qualified. That's great. New Zealand look like they're there. England need to rely on some other results. Indian fans might be cheering for Pakistan, and Pakistan might be cheering for India, which is just a crazy concept. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to that. It's been a a good tournament. If the weather stays pretty nice, we should be in for a great finish to it, and Australia are positioning themselves beautifully, mate. uh, As always, thanks for your efforts. Enjoy the weekend. I might see you at the SCG, and uh, we'll do it again next week here on Off the Bench. Thanks, Benny.